Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Warrior Within. I just wanted to tell you guys that, you know, last week was a good talk. Um, having to talk about what if, and I kind of want to continue that conversation. I mean, we've seen a lot of interesting things that have been going on the past month or so. And there's that little bit of uncertainty for the future, though many think we've opened up a new chapter, but there's still a lot of uncertainty. Uh, we've got to see a lot of things that can make even a man who's trying to lead his family concerned about their future. And as a Christian as well, you know, I do have a concern. We've seen a lot of censorship that's been blocking uh, our capability of speaking. And the fact that Christians are getting kind of put under a the same boat as a lot of mindsets and, and call, calling us certain things is kind of interesting. But the one thing I wanted to talk about a little bit more is to actually talk about God and his way of kind of showing himself true. Now, I would say probably two months ago, I talked about Gideon and how he you know, put out the fleece after God told him that he was going to lead his people you know, through war. And Gideon was like, well, you know, I'm not really sure that you said that. Could you maybe, I don't know, kind of prove yourself again? And, you know, we call it testing. And I think it's okay to ask God for affirmation. I think the problem is that sometimes we spend too much asking for affirmation and we are not actually listening to him. Because sometimes God just straightforward tells you what he's saying. In fact, I would say he is telling you what he's saying. We're just not listening. And I think it comes down to also how much time do we spend spending time with God in prayer and study or even talking with other people? Because the question has to come, does God speak? Now, there's some Christians out there who think the only way God speaks is through scripture and that's it. But as we go through scripture, um, we see a lot of good examples of how God does speak to people directly. Now, in the New Testament, it talks about that one of the gifts is prophecy. And there is many Christian groups, organizations, or, or denominations that actually do not believe that is one gift that anybody can have. Yet, we've heard, I don't know if some of you have actually heard it, but we've heard people who call themselves prophets, who believe God gave them a vision or a mindset of thinking that God has placed in their hearts and their minds that they have shared that they believe could come to pass. So the argument comes down, but in Revelations, John wrote that nothing will be added or replaced in this book. Now, what I believe he was more focused on was that no one can add to God's prophecy for the future to this book. It does not mean that the gift of prophecy, prophesying is, non, is non-existent. Um, I do think people have dreams and visions of things that God speaks to, to them about for the future, but it's not the future as in like what we see in John. So, they're probably not going to be able to see what John saw, but they would be able to see that 
God is doing something and they have a vision of something that he has placed them. So I think the one thing that I'm kind of disappointed with is seeing people because of what some prophets have said about our 2020 into 2021 situation that it didn't happen when we as humans believe it should happen. And I had a friend who preached about this kind of mindset a little bit on Sunday, and he kind of mentioned this mindset. He mentioned that we cannot put dates on when God does something. Now, that being said, God is speaking and God is doing. When we talked about last week, that when we pray and ask God to do something and what happens if he doesn't do it when we want it to happen or the way we want it to happen, does that mean God didn't answer the prayer? Well, this week is the mindset as we move forward. What if what we're seeing is not necessarily what God is doing? So my friend mentioned that you know, we live in a world in this culture that what, what what's going on around us is Satan's kind of domain. He is moving and making things happen and trying to kind of force it to be in a way that he wants it to be. And then the question is, why do people believe it over recognizing what God could be doing? And I really think a lot of that comes with Kind of how we molded ourselves to be like we've forgotten that god can speak it goes right back to does god only speak through scripture and i would have to say no there's been many times where god has led me through him speaking to make a decision or do something i mean even meeting my wife um i i knew god spoke to me and said that she would be the one I didn't go rushing through scripture trying to find an answer to it because God spoke to me and he affirmed it. It's the same thing for even some of my jobs that I've taken. Some jobs I did not want to have, but God still used his affirmation to show me that I needed to be there. And then even when I was complaining about I didn't like this job, he showed me why I needed to be there. He used me. And I think this mindset is for us guys to recognize that when we allow ourselves to have that relationship with God, he will reveal a lot of amazing things about us and our future, his plans for us. He would open up the doors to see how we could be used wherever we're at. So it made me go back and think about some verses that actually I used for Kind of not not in our podcast, but for wolves and for false teachers. But it says, "What defiles a person?" And this made me think about it from a perspective that I think a lot of times why we don't see or hear God is that we allow ourselves to be defiled by Satan's lies. You know, this could be an opportunity for us to recognize that we keep listening and seeing with our eyes, but we're not listening or seeing what God is doing. 
if we were to go to Matthew 15, it, it starts at verse 10. And, you know, if you want to read the whole thing, it's great. All of it's pretty, pretty in depth. But the section says, and he called the people to him and said to him, to them, hear and understand. It is not what goes into the mouth that defiles a person, but what comes out of the mouth that defiles a person. Then the disciples came and said to him, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this saying. He answered, Every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be rooted up. Let them alone. They are blind guides. And if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. But Jesus said to him, Explain the parable to us. And he said, Are you also still without understanding? Do you not see that whatever goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is expelled? But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and this defiles a person. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, and slander. These are what defile a person, but to eat with unwashed hands does not defile anyone. So the idea is that what I started realizing is that all of us are getting bombarded by worldly and cultural things on a daily basis whether you listen to music uh you spend time on the social media you listen to mainstream news you hear what other people say and think but what we forget to do is fill ourselves with god's truth so instead of getting Getting truth, we're getting bombarded with evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual morality, theft, theft, false witness, slander. All that is just bombarded. And so we feed ourselves and our heart and our minds with all this junk. So what would that be if Satan is also lying to us straightforward? I want you to think about that because Satan understands that the way we function as human humans or humanity is that we like to see with our eyes and believe with our eyes for it to be true. And what we've seen in this past year, especially from social media and mainstream media is a lot of bombardments of information now you could take it as as, as you want you could believe it but the question i want to get to is not whether it's a lie or not but how do we discern so that we understand when god is speaking because what if god is really telling us something but we're not listening because we're so bombarded with the everyday and like everything that's being told to us as truth as okay or as tolerant i mean we're talking like tv shows movies or even compromises that we have done to try to fit into the culture more see i think this main mindset is that we as christians and even as churches have been trying hard to be liked and to be loved by everybody And this is where the challenging question has to be, why? Why do we think that makes us a better Christian? Well, the truth is it doesn't. 
what happens is it's just like that i don't know the old story where you have a barrel of apples that are all you know good and fresh and you put one rotten apple what happens to the rest of the apples the rest of them start becoming rotten and damaged so the idea is that taking just one thing or some things and placing it in our heart because we don't want to give it up it defile us you know, the Pharisees were really good at playing the part, looking like, as we would use it today, the Christian who followed the rules, regulations, you know, followed Moses' law to the T. They were known as the spiritual leaders. They prayed in corners. They spoke a lot. They put tons of money in tithing, and they let everybody know about it. That is the main problem. Well, at the same time, the goal for them was also to be loved and liked and respected. And I feel like that's the mindset that many of us men have been trained to think. We need to be respected. And respected is not the same way as being honored and respected by your wife or people. It's not the same thing. The respecting I'm talking about is that I need to be loved and liked by everybody because I am cool, I am the man, I'm the manly man, I live the way I'm supposed to be as a man today. And that's why this this push that Satan has also been doing is the that being manly is too aggressive. So now we have to be more feminine, more neutral, less aggressive. That's why let's take away anything that's violent away from boys so they won't grow up to be violent. And it's like, well, for decades, many of us went outside, played army, and we did not become violent. We became men that actually showed compassion and became gentle, but also knew how to lead when we needed to. So what is wrong with this picture? Why is it that God wants us to be men the culture doesn't want us to be that type of man you see what if God has been asking you for all these years days months to discover more what it means to be a man of God asking him to show you what you need to be chasing after what you need to be looking at what you need to be desiring for I mean, if you guys are single and you're trying to find a wife, have you, like I have said before, have you ever asked God about it? Or how about, how about you, you gentleman who has been wondering if you're in the right job or maybe you missed a calling that God has called you to do? Have you asked him? The, the thing is, it's all about asking. But then the question is, what if God doesn't answer it the way that we think he's going to answer it? Just because he may call you to go do something it may not be the way you think it should be done you need to ask him he will show you he will make it plain and open up the doors to things that you should be doing so last week we know we talked about praying and god not answering the way we want this time i'm asking you how many of you have even bothered to ask i want you guys to think about that question as we take a break have you even asked?
Hey guys, welcome back. And you know, the last question we asked was, have you even asked God what he wants you to be doing as a man? Like, how can you become a man? Have you asked any of these type of questions? You know, I thought about Samuel when he became a prophet and he was asked to go and anoint the new king because Saul had basically lost his connection with God, his relationship with God, and just kind of, kind of taken the road of self. And he went to go to Bethlehem and meet David's family. Now, when he saw his older brother come, his older brother was, you know, sounds like more like a stud, you know, tall, strong looking, and Samuel was like, oh, this has to be it. Now, if you've read your scriptures beforehand, that's how they described Saul in a lot of ways. And God basically said, no, that's, <laughs> I am not going to pick the person based on what they look. I'm picking the person based on who they are, their heart, where, the, where their heart's at. And of course, Samuel was like, well, once again, what about this brother? Or what about this brother? And and he kept going through the lines into the point where God said, nope, 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 nope. So he had to ask Jesse, um, do you have another son somewhere? And he goes, well, I do have my youngest who's out, you know, taking care of the sheep. And he's like, well, go get him. And when he came, he said, he is the one who's chosen. You see, this is the mindset I was thinking in my head. This is what main problem I believe is a problem. We sometimes keep looking at everything that's in front of us based on everything that we see so that when we're thinking God is doing something and when he doesn't do it the way we think he should do it, we get disappointed. And this is what happens with, with men. I think we do the same thing. We describe in our heads what we think a man should be. So instead of actually seeking out God for his guiding guiding light, his guidance, his his way of finding men that could help us grow, we tend to start trying to figure this all out on our own, and we start kind of teeter-totting over the line into the culture. This is where it comes into the, the connection between us and the culture. When we see what we see with our eyes and not pay attention to what God is doing, we only get to see what Satan culture really puts out in front of us and then when God is really trying to speak when he's trying to show us hey this is where I want you to be focusing on we have a tendency to not notice it because it's not exactly the way that we think as humans how it should be done for example and say that you know God has asked you to get into business and and you've been trying very hard to try to get into New York City and get into one of those big firms that are there and be able to make you know good butts of money and and you keep on trying keep on trying you keep applying and you just keep getting denied but you've never asked God what do, what do you want me to do with this job like this this degree that I have and then God kind of starts opening doors, but you're not paying attention because it's not New York City. It's not where you want to be. And instead of finding instead of finding what God wants, you get disappointed. But God keeps pointing you to go, he wants you to go to some town in let's say in Texas that 
really could use you. I mean, it, we can't think like God, because like we talked about Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, his ways are not our ways, his thoughts are not our thoughts. We try to figure it out. So instead of really asking him, we try to figure out the puzzle pieces ourselves. So we try to put it together. Imagine having two puzzles boxes and you keep trying to force the other puzzle into the puzzle that God has really given you. So finally, God keeps showing you, hey, go to this, this job, this job. And you finally give in and you're just like, fine, I'll go do it. And then it turns out to be the best decision you've ever made. You see, that's the problem. We keep trying to create the job that we want or create the situation that we really want instead of allowing God to kind of steer us through the journey he needs us to be to be ready for something like that, that type of a job. Because maybe down the road, instead of you working for someone else, you build a business and then you get to use it for something that he needs you to use it for. Because sometimes I think our selfishness and our self-desire for growth and for accomplishment starts getting in the way of what actually God wants us to learn and grow into. Because in my example, I originally, when I was in high school, my plan was to try to get in the NFL. Well, one of my senior year, I hurt my knee. Uh, near the end, I was starting to kind of feel like mm, maybe a PE teacher and coach with maybe a chance to make it the NFL if I really wanted to try. But I kind of started losing that interest because it wasn't really what God was taking me towards. It was what I wanted to do. So after my first year at uh, Maranatha, I discovered that I really did not like PE stuff. And then, you know, the coaching idea kind of fizzled away because I never got led in that direction. I tried a few times to see if I can get like an assistant job to work with a coach for our school and stuff. But because I didn't have all the education they wanted me to have for that specific area, they didn't really give it to me. So... As my journey went, I had to pick something. So I went and did drafting and I did drafting for like four years. During that time, I got my experience in youth ministry where I just fell in love with ministry. And I just, I, I decided to kind of compromise because I kind of felt like I was trying to kind of steer me in that direction, but I started kind of compromising. And I said, well, Lord, I will work my full-time job in drafting. And then I'll just do, you know, ministry on the side, you know, do my, my free time. And I think he probably laughed when I made that comment. Then probably about four years later, I sat there in front of my monitor looking at my my drafting that I just did. And I said, is this all that you really have for me? And he basically said, no, do you trust me? And since that point that I said yes, he took me on a different journey. Now, it hasn't been rainbows and cupcakes and unicorns. It's been a really rough movement of going but it was because he was trying to teach me it's not what i wanted it's not my dream and i know i talked about this before it's not what i was hoping it was going to happen i really thought after i graduated that there would be a church that was just going to say yep we'll hire you well after i graduated nothing years started passing as no church would say yes and i've told you before i had that one experience of the yes but it wasn't a good church to go be a part of then I ended up being the last church I was at. Well, the lesson from it is how he used every aspect of every opportunity to build me and mold me into the type of man he needed me to be for what's coming next. 
know, my idea for a church start is actually becoming more true. I was given some money to be able to start process for starting my church. So to get the 501c3 and get my name and be ordained. That, that dream has come true. And then there's the opportunity of more coming. You see, God needed me to go through all that I went through, all the hurts and pains and struggles, and even for my wife to be more prepared for this moment of when we started this church. It's not because he needed me to go through all those church opportunities, experiences. He needed me to learn certain lessons so that I'd be better prepared for the future of where church is going. I don't know what's going to happen to much many churches, especially after 2020 and just <clears throat> the blatant disregard of what it means to share the gospel anymore. It just seems like many churches have either become so social club-like or have really tried hard to fit the culture and starting to backfire, starting to hurt our youth, our younger families. People aren't recognizing the need to spend time with God, which is why this podcast was started. We men are, have forgotten the importance of us knowing our truth, knowing the scriptures, leading our family in truth, taking them to church. We have allowed the culture, we have allowed Satan's hand to really influence our minds and our hearts to devise and create a society as it is. My hope is that as I start this church, that I start something different. And it's not new. It's just an old concept that should have been brought into church today that has been kind of slipped to the side and kind of forgotten as churches became more business-minded or focused more on how they could fit society, let alone than trying to teach society. We're more afraid of offending people than we are offending God. So instead of building up men who love God first, we build up men that don't know, don't understand that. I think a lot of it just comes down to it. How much time do you spend time with God? How do you build that relationship with him? And I think it's also because of the, the missing pieces of building men, a brotherhood in a church where men are coming together and study and prayer and growth. They feel almost lost and broken because they, they feel like they have to face everything alone and you're not alone. That's why we have to be careful with the type of company that we kind of keep with. We, you know, we don't want to be around a bunch of Pharisees who are blinding us into thinking that, hey, just do your tithe or you just help here and there. And, you know, hey, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. That's nothing. It's not enough. So you got to ask yourself, can I do more? Is there more for me, Lord? Is there more for me to do? Because just giving tithes and just looking the part, is that's not 
walking in godliness and uprightness and being men of God. That's 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 like being that's like, like hiding. It's almost uncertain. I mean, there's probably because there's not enough training or or someone leading men to think a little bit deeper to go after God. I mean, David was a man after God's own heart. In other words, he chased after it. You know, he didn't just write songs. He chased after God. And that's something that we can do, that you can do. But it takes you willing and wanting it, asking God to reveal, how can I get to know you more? Because just singing songs and going to church on Sundays doesn't, it doesn't build that. It has to be an everyday thing, or at least every day of your of the week, you should be trying and striving for a relationship. It's just like a real one. You now, when you met that Mrs. Wright and you you started dating her, you you try to find any opportunity to spend time with her. It wasn't just like, oh no, I'll see you next Sunday, and I'll just go do what I like to do throughout the week. No, you you start putting her a part of your life, and that's what we're supposed to be doing for God. Are you willing? So I want you guys to be challenged this week. What if God has been calling you this whole time? What if God has been doing stuff, you just kind of just been ignoring him? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for this chat. I ask that you continue to use this to reach men. Help them to really think about it this week. If you're moving men to be doing stuff in the church, in their homes, at their jobs. Open those doors, Lord. Open them up and allow them to be used and let them want to be used. Let them chase after you. I thank you for all that you do and I thank you for the men that do listen to this and I hope they are getting transformed every day. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.